Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, with another fantastic interview. Tony Guarnacha is my guest, and he is—it's uh, a great topic, uh, especially for what the whole country's going through. Tony has helped thousands of businesses survive crises, whether it was post nine eleven. Um, during the Great Recession or amidst massive company acquisitions, Tony has helped businesses navigate the uncertainties and emerge stronger on the other side. As a child, Tony experienced firsthand the devastating crisis of business failure when his parents' small business failed and they lost everything, including their home. Oh, my goodness. It's an impact on his life. It was very, very powerful, as you can imagine. Having lost everything, he determined he would one day figure out how to help business owners like his parents by learning how to run a profitable business. This mission shaped uh, his entire 20-year career as an entrepreneur, business owner, and enterprise marketer. Tony has worked literally with the best businesses in every industry, including Google, Microsoft, ADP, Ford, BMW, Mohegan Sun, and Morgan Stanley, just to name a few small companies. He has also helped to grow over 10,000 small businesses and dozens of Fortune 500 companies. Tony, I'm really excited when I, when I got the opportunity to interview you. Thanks for coming on Dream Business Radio. Well, thanks for having me. This is great. So you and I are doing this recording. It is uh, mid-May, so it's, it's obviously going to be coming out several weeks later, but I'm sure there's going to be plenty of businesses that are going to still be intrigued by this topic. Um, so a lot of times I'll ask uh, people if, they, if their parents are entrepreneurs or how they get going, so I already know the answer to that question, but um, what, tell me a little bit about your parents' business and, and what happened. Yeah, so as you can tell from my name, uh, I'm Italian. And so we had an Italian bakery in Connecticut. And my parents were the most amazing bakers. So they were great at that. Unfortunately, they didn't know what they didn't know regarding running a business. And so when I was 12, the business failed and we found ourselves homeless. So we had to live with my oldest sister, who's, who's about 18 years older than me. Wow. Yeah. So it started off kind of rocky. <laughs> um, and, and I'm looking back at myself, I'm realizing, you know, what I wanted to do was kind of redeem the situation. So I went to college to learn how to run a business. So I went to the entre- entrepreneurship program and learned everything I could about growing a company. Uh, and so I left college and started a, a another business, a cake business. But this time the cake business was online because the internet was just coming out. This was in the late 90s. And um, we, we developed the technology to mail cakes. And so we took these cakes and we were able to mail them across the country. And we also came with, up with the technology to put a photo on the cakes. So you see these, you know, kind of all over the place now at, at supermarkets. But back then it was brand new. And so we turned that company into a promotional products company and, and a gift company. And we ended up getting some amazing clients. We mailed cakes to Jennifer Lopez, to Jay-Z. We worked with, um, you know, IBM and, and uh, we sent cakes to Microsoft, all these great companies. 
But unfortunately, even with all the accolades and all the PR and all the, the things going well, the business still failed. And we found myself, uh, my, myself homeless yet again. Uh, but this time, it was more of a challenge because I was newly married and I had a baby on the way. Uh, and so that's kind of where it started. And I said to myself, well, clearly, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, clearly, college didn't necessarily teach me everything I needed to know. So who does know how to run a company? And, I, I, and what I discovered is that the best companies in the world, they probably know something about that. So I, I endeavored to work with the very best companies in the world. And over a, a decade, I, I did that. I worked with Google, uh, ADP, Ford, a whole list of companies. And then at the end of that journey, I decided to go back into entrepreneurship and, and share what I learned working with those great companies. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious, what happened with, um, did your parents start another business or, or what did they end up doing? That was, well, after that second business failed, that was, unfortunately, my father passed away from cancer. And then, you know, they, my mother wasn't really equipped to do that. So that was kind of the end of their journey, but just kind of the start of mine. Right. Um, I'm really intrigued. I could have sworn I saw on Shark Tank somebody was shipping cakes around the country. That wasn't your business, was it? No, no, I never did the Shark Tank. I, I retired from cakes and moved on to internet marketing. Well, how I started was uh, to promote my company, I learned search engine optimization. Now, this was back in 97, before Google was even around, before anyone even heard about it. So I had a huge kind of leg up on the competition. And so I was way ahead of that curve. But, but that was how I promoted the cake business. And that's kind of what transitioned me into being more of a marketer and then eventually running my own agency and training company. Wow. So you got really good at um, SEO and internet marketing and that's your business today? Yeah. So what happened when I was looking for a job, uh, I found a uh, opportunity with a little agency. So it's just a tiny little agency. And uh, I was kind of weighing between going to them and into another comp, a, a much bigger agency. So I, I inclined towards the small one because my, my heart was more with that. And it turned out they grew tremendously and got acquired by ADP. And that's kind of what brought me into the big league, so to speak. And so I cut a lot of my chops working at that level. And, but it all started with just taking a step and doing SEO. So yes, it all started with just kind of, you know, it wasn't something I planned out. I just knew, hey, SEO looks interesting. Let me start that. And then here I am, you know, 20 something years later, still using it. And I was, you know, I was very fortunate to be ahead of the curve like that. So how long has your current business, how long have you been running that? Yeah. So after I left the corporate world and what happened there was I was traveling all over the country and I ended up having, you know, as I mentioned to you before uh, offline is I had twins. And so I had three kids and then all of a sudden I had five and now I have six wow. and it just became too much to try. I was literally commuting from Rhode Island to Seattle, you know, a couple times a month and it wasn't a, you know, really the right lifestyle for me and my family. So I decided uh, roughly 10 years ago, or I'm sorry, seven years, seven years ago to start my agency. And then from there, a couple of years ago, I started a uh, training company. Very cool. So what, what would you say to small business owners right now who, you know, time, effort, and money are pretty tight right now? Like what should they be doing, you know, while we're in this crisis situation? Yeah. So I have a framework um, called the results loop. And, and I also have another framework called the results flywheel. And the flywheel talks about how you gain momentum. And, and, it, and it varies based on the situation you're in. 
So one situation is where you want to scale and say you want to take your, your business from six figures to seven figures, eight figures. That's one way. What's one model. Another model I have is if you're stagnant. And then the third model is if you're crisis in crisis mode. And, and the way I look at it is you have three things you want to focus on your time, your money and the resources. So if you have, if you're scaling and really looking to grow, maybe then you can allocate more money, you know, to, to maybe hire a team and, and get support. But that's not where most of us are at today. Most of us today are in crisis mode. And so what you want to look is, is at those three factors of time, money, and effort. The first thing you want to do is look at money. And that is because the, the main goal, to use an analogy, uh, you probably appreciate, you got to keep the ship afloat. If you don't yes. have a ship, you're, you're in trouble. So the first thing you want to do is, is look at your money. And I look at two things. One, your profitability, which is kind of how much money you have. And two, your, your cash flow. And so in a situation like this, the first thing you want to do is look at your cash flow and say, okay, how do I reduce my costs that are going out? And that could be done by renegotiating with vendors. It could be by, you know, ex extending your, your payment terms. Uh, it could be uh, any number of ways. But it's actually in the guide I'll talk about later. But, but the second thing you want to do is maximize the money coming in. So this means calling people that might owe you money, um, trying to get whatever sales you can, you know, maybe making some changes to your business model. So that's essentially what you want to look at. You want to look at how do I reduce what's going out and how do I increase as much as I can what's coming in. So that's where I would start is with number one, uh, money, and then you look at your time and resources. You have to change your, your timeline. So you have to, you know, kind of understand that it might take a little bit longer to hit your goals given the situation. And then your resources, you want to do pull more of your resources in-house and leverage your own in-house resources, even if it's just you to kind of protect the, the ship. Right. What are some of the red flags that you've seen, you know, based on how old were you when your, when your parents business went out? Uh, Twelve. Okay, so you certainly have clear memory of that, not like you're two. Um, yeah. and, and then with your own business, did you see any, were there any similarities there or were they completely different um, situations? Yeah, well, I think, yes, I think there were some similarities. I think business owners, including myself and my parents at the time, uh, you have to take a better look at your, your cash flow and what's coming in, what's out, and just be more diligent with the financial aspect. And I still, that's something I'm still working with myself on myself regarding. It's not something that goes away. Uh, so I think just being more aware and really my book that I have coming out, Small Steps to Grow Profits, the reason I call that that is I, I think a bit enough businesses don't focus on profit because so many businesses find themselves at the end of their journey. You know, maybe they're getting ready to retirement to retire and they're really scraping by. So you have to focus on your profitability and I think a lot of it comes down to mindset. Sometimes people feel guilty about making your profit or they don't think it's right. But the goal of your business should be to make a profit because if you don't have a profit, you know, if something like this happens, you don't have the cash reserves to stay afloat. That's why so many businesses right now, you know, they have a week or two of cash in reserve when they really should have at least three months. And that's how you find yourself in that predicament. So I would say profitability is, is the main thing of a business that I kind of learned the hard way. And, and isn't that weird, yeah. Tony? Isn't that weird how some people have a hang-up? I, I mean, I guess that's some some part of society or depending on certain uh, – eh, how do I say this without getting in a, in a wicket? But, you know, some s sections of media and things like that. It's like a business that makes a profit is somehow evil, you know? Right, right. And that's very much backwards thinking because you need that profit to grow. You need that profit to reinvest, to hire people, 
So I think of profit as a, as a positive thing. It's not a bad thing. And that's really what makes businesses su- survive and thrive. I think that's true. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you're not profitable, first of all, I think you should be uh, fairly and even handsomely rewarded based on the value that you provide as a business owner. And if there's enough demand for what you do, then, you know, that, that gives you the ability to increase your prices, et cetera. I mean, what a lot of people don't see, I think, just to stay on this topic just for a second, is they don't see all that goes into the success that is now visible. Like they don't see the years of bootstrapping and, and crying and, and borrowing and all this and that. They only see, you know, the good part. So right. I, think it, I think it would serve entrepreneurs well to, for themselves just to remember that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot that goes behind that people don't see. They only see the last, that's why there's overnight successes. The reality is the overnight success took, you know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years to build. Yeah. Yeah. Overnight success. That's a good one. Um, so what are, are you very, very busy right now? I mean, during kind of during the pandemic with small businesses, you know, some partially opening as you and I are doing this are, are, do you have, is there a lot of demand for your, for your time? What's happening? Absolutely. I'm busier than ever. I'm, I am doing so many, you know, podcasts, uh, so many virtual summits. I'm getting a lot of sales calls. Even I had two just yesterday. So it's, we haven't really slowed down. If anything, it's getting busier. And so, but you know, I'm not laying down either. Like I'm not letting the situation control me. I'm being proactive and attacking the situation. So I think again, how you, you, how you approach these things, you can't be the ostrich with their head in the sand pretending there's not a problem. You know, I'm well aware of the problem, but I'm not going to, you know, stop, you know, I'm going to move forward aggressively. And that, I think that's what determines whether you're successful or not. Yeah. Um, what, what is, what are some of the things that entrepreneurs or small business owners should be doing right now? You know, whether they're operating their business out of their home or I feel really bad for restaurants, Tony, and I'm not yes. sure what the answer is because even when they open, if they open at like 25 or 30% capacity, that's such a low margin business. It is. It is. That, that is a concern. I mean, I think, and I feel like this is getting almost redundant at this point. You're hearing it more and more, but I think now's the time to consider pivoting or, or looking at your plan at the very least. So, you know, step number one, you know, look at your cash and your, your, your uh, cash flow and your position there. But then, then number two, I think now is a good time to start planning for the future when things change. And, and because you, again, you don't want to avoid the situation. So if you are in fact at 50% capacity, you, you know, you may not be able to change that. So what can you do? So I don't think the, the solution is to say, I can't do anything. The solution is to say, okay, what can I do? Can I extend my hours? Can I, um, can I serve a different market? Can I maybe go more upscale? Can I package it differently? I mean, there's solutions out there. And so I think that's where we're kind of reevaluating your business model and planning for the future uh, and also the present. So I always think about it. How can I have one foot in the, in the current situation, the present, and how can I have a foot in the future? So that way I'm planning for the future, where it's going to go and kind of anticipating that. But then also at the same time, what can I do right now to make sure I sustain myself? So planning would be my, my answer. Got it. Um, I was really interested to learn, Tony, that your mission for, for your business is to democratize marketing. I have to admit, I've been marketing a long time. I've never heard democratize marketing. First of all, what do you mean by that? And is, is that more relevant now than, than 
at any other time or t talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So I find, uh, you know, just like I shared before with my parents and myself, we didn't know what we didn't know. And so I think a lot of times the knowledge goes maybe to the top, you know, the, the, the most, maybe the elite or the biggest institutions that have those resources. So my goal behind democratized marketing is to share what those best companies do in terms of their strategies, the tools they use and their tactics and bring it to the local businesses, the small businesses that need it the most, especially in times like this. Democratize marketing. How'd you come up with that? Did that just hit you one night at 3 a.m.? Or is that something that- um... well, Almost, I was driving in a car and I was, um, I was reading a book by, um, by the founder of Salesforce, who's escaping my name, Mark Benioff. Right. And, and I was reading, uh, his, I was listening to his audiobook. and he talked about the mission to democratize, uh, you know, technology and CRM and things like that. And it, it occurred to me, you know, that's the problem with, with, with businesses because marketing is probably arguably the most important part of a company because yes, you could be a great baker or you could be a great, you know, physician. If you don't have patients or customers, you're not doing anything. So marketing is what helps that in sales, obviously. And so bringing that to businesses, what could be more important than that? So, you know, if it's so important to democratize technology and all these other things, why not marketing? And, that, and I figured who, who better to do that than me, because I've been fortunate enough to work with those companies and share what they're doing with the businesses. And that's always been my heart because I've struggled personally that way. So that's kind of how I tied those elements together. I think that's what makes a, a good coach a good coach is that they have, first of all, personally experienced a lot of that stuff, and then they're, they're able to bring that to their clients. So we got about three or four more minutes, Tony. I want to ask you one more question. What are some of the, what are some quick things a business can do? And I'm, I'm always leery of, you know, a quick fix or easy button, but sometimes when you're, especially when you're in crisis mode, you might want to see some improvement. What are some of the quick ways a business can uh, look at adversity and turn it into opportunity? Right. Uh, that's a great question. So where I would start is looking where you already had success. So, so what does that mean? It might mean getting a little uncomfortable and calling your past clients. Maybe they're not with you even more, anymore, or maybe they are today, but I would start with calling where you've already had some sales. Like if you're trying to get sales, that's where I would start with where you have existing success. Uh, number two, I would start building a community. So you don't want to come off as being necessarily the salesy person, uh, what you want to do is is build those relationships and add value to people. So it's not a wrong thing to sell if someone wants to buy it, but you don't want to push something down people's throats because you're desperate either. So what you want to be doing is focusing on serving those people. So when you call them, try to see how you add value and maybe a certain percentage of those would become a sales opportunity, which is fantastic. But I think now's the time to serve others and, and you can do that by building community. So now's also a great time to create a Facebook group, connect with people, you know, go on calls. I feel like I live on Zoom now. Uh, so I'm constantly reaching out to people in the past, seeing what I can do to help them. So I think now's the time to kind of, you know, because we're all stuck. So people are much more accessible. So people you may not have even been able to reach, you know, three months ago are going to pick up the phone, even influencers. You know, I've been reaching and talking to some amazing people that have a lot of influence. And it's just really kind of jumping out of your comfort zone and reaching there. So, you know, that's where I think the immediate opportunities in terms of sales could be. And also, if you have a list, now's a great time to be communicating with those people as well. So I'd start with what you have in your hand already. 
your greatest assets, the customers you already have or, and or past customers. And the easiest sale you'll, you'll ever make is to a customer who's already proven them, is someone who's already proven themselves to be a buyer and that is your previous customer. So that's great advice. Tony, what a, what a fun interview. I love talking with other marketers. How can uh, people connect with you and, and uh, learn more from you? That's a great question. I appreciate that. So a couple ways. One is I have a book coming out called Small Steps to Grow Profits. And what I did was I took the very best elements of that book and put it into a manifesto that I give away completely free. It's not wow. even dated, meaning it's not behind a form. I'm not asking for your contact information. I really just truly want to get this information out there. And you can get that by going to the website, the domain, smallstepsmanifesto.com. I'll write that down. Small Steps Manifesto. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, manifesto. Com. I'm going to make sure I put that in there. Tony, thank you so much. It's been a really fun interview and I, I wish you well. And, and uh, I know you're doing great work for your clients. Thank you so much. A pleasure being on your show. I, I appreciate you having me on. All right. Hey folks, that wraps up this very special interview with, uh, with Tony Guarnacho. Guarnacha, dang it. Okay, but it was Tony G. Hey, let's call you Tony G. And, um, you know, uh, connect with him. Um, certainly get a copy of Small Steps, uh, Grow Profits at smallstepsmanifesto.com. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com or dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. Um, that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.